Welcome along to episode 10 of Money to Burn, what started out as a little project to bring a little bit of light into people's lives during COVID-19 has turned into a global sensation. Money to Burn is listened to all around the world by people who want to have a laugh and to learn a little bit at the same time. And what a brilliant episode we have for you today, in fact it's a very special episode 10. To mark the 10th episode, we are going to be having one of everything. So as you may know, from listening to Money to Burn, we always cover a wide range of topics. We might have money mentors one week, we might have a no more funny business, a what? You never knew. But this week, we're going to have one of everything. Yes, a bumper episode. So we're going to have a what? You never knew. A no more funny business. We're going to have a money mentor. We're going to have a well done old chum, a hot topic, a breaking fad, a money talks interview, plan B, money mentions, and a brand new section of the show. All in the one episode. Yes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy all Money to Burn has to offer. Money to Burn is now on Twitter. To join the other Money to Burn maestros from around the globe, find us under Money to underscore Burn. That's Money to underscore Burn. What? You never knew. On Money to Burn. So, on this episode of What? You Never Knew, we are looking at the retail company, Walmart. Now, some of you might have never been to a Walmart, a lot of you probably have, um, but for those who haven't ever been, you've probably still heard of Walmart. Um, Walmart's an American multinational uh, retail corporation, they've got hypermarkets, discount department stores, uh, grocery stores, they sell electronics, clothes, homeware, food, you name it, they sell it. This started to sell it, sounding a bit like an advert for Walmart. Uh, but what we're doing here is we're looking at what Walmart's profits are, okay? And I looked up what Walmart make a day and I could not believe it. Walmart, and this is profit, this is not what they take in, this is profits alone. Walmart makes $40 million a day, yes, $40 million a day. Can you imagine that, taking that kind of money in? And what if Walmart turned around to you and said, here, look, I want to give you a day's takings. Look, we like you. We want to give you a day's takings. There you go. $40 million. What would you do with it? So I looked up a few things uh, that you possibly could do if you had that kind of money. Um, so let's just say straight out the gate we give $10 million to charity because you should always give a little bit of money to charity. So we'll give them $10 million, uh, to a charity of our choice. Um, and then we've got $30 million left for ourselves. So what if you just put the $30 million into the bank? Um, left it sitting there and uh, let it gather dust. What kind of money would you get off the... Um, basically just living off the interest you'd actually get 90 grand a month just by leaving that money in the bank you could live for the rest of your life with 90 grand i think i could settle for that and um, if you wanted to be a little bit crazier and um, you could live on a cruise ship yet for 30 million and um, remember we've given 10 to charity you could actually live for the rest of your life sailing around the world. There's actually a woman doing that at the moment. She pays $633 a day to live on this luxury liner. And if you wanted to do that, you could do that. And Because the 30 million would actually give you 124 years on the ship. 
and chances are most of us listening to this show won't live till we're 124 so uh, you could basically live for the rest of your life on the cruise ship and um, you could also uh, the way the world's going people are starting to think maybe we won't be living on this planet too long that we might be all moving to the moon and if you're one of those people you can go on lunarland.com, uh, their Earth's oldest, most recognised celestial real estate agency, that's what they say about themselves, and they sell land on the moon, and you can buy it by the acre. Um, and with $30 million, you could actually buy 1 million acres worth of lunar land. Yes, so if you're thinking we're going to be moving to the moon anytime soon, that could be actually a really good investment. But if you don't think we're moving to the moon and you're going to be spending the rest of your life here on this planet uh, with the rest of us, um, you could buy Taylor Swift's apartment. Yeah, she bought her apartment in New York from Peter Jackson for $30.3 million. So you could potentially buy that offer and you might even let her rent a room off you to cover the point three million and that you need to make up so that'd be pretty cool living with taylor swift in new york for your 30 million if you're a big fan anyway and if you weren't that might be a bit weird but you could also maybe just think nah i might want to buy one of the big companies i might try and buy apple well you if you were listening last week you realize you definitely couldn't buy apple for 30 million dollars but you could buy a little bit of apple maybe you could buy the pips and in fact with 30 million dollars if you wanted to buy some of apple you could buy 0.004 percent of apple and other things you could do is is you could rent coldplay yeah if you like the band coldplay you can actually get them to play for you and you alone in the auckland mt smart stadium you could buy every single ticket and to their tour uh, in that stadium uh, for 30 million so how fun would that be and then singing along to you on your own and funny i should say the word fun have anyone ever heard the band fun and um, you could get the band i think this is the biggest waste of money for the 30 million personally but you could get the band fun and uh, they sing the song uh, we are young they will sing the song we are young for you 100 times for 30 million dollars I, uh, the other things seemed a bit crazy. Like, I liked the idea of the whole Taylor Swift apartment. Even renting Coldplay in a stadium was kind of cool for 30 million. But you could actually get uh, fun, the band Fun to play We Are Young for you um, 100 times uh, for your 30 million. I can think of a bit better use of money uh, from my, uh, with 30 million dollars for that than myself. Um, but there you go. Maybe you're a big fan of fun. But look, there are just the various ways of things you could do uh, with 30 million dollars. Um, but look i'll tell you if walmart reached out to me and said to me here look dave i want to give you uh, 30 million dollars for yourself i'd actually say here look walmart no need uh, i've got money to burn hi i'm frank i listen money to burn in hamburg hi i'm kira and i love to listen to money to burn when i'm relaxing in the evening in dublin ireland I'm Dave in Glasnevin, and when I put Kate to bed, we listen to Money to Burn. Money to Burn! Well done, old chum. Coming up now on Money to Burn, we have a section that we call Well Done, Old Chum. And on Well Done, Old Chum, we look for people around the world that are doing good for others. Selflessly doing good for others, making no profit off it. And as I always say, if you're not getting profit, we're going to pay you in thanks. And 
What we look at this week is we're having a look at a UFC fighter, yeah, Dustin Poirier, anyone who likes the UFC will know him well, anyone who doesn't, I'll tell you a bit about him, he's a UFC interim lightweight champion, well a former UFC interim lightweight champion at 155, that's a lightweight, um, and he's using his platform as a fighter to raise money for people who are in need of it, so basically uh, for local community initiatives, that's what the money's for, so to make people's lives a little bit better um, than they are now, and he uh, says on the website that I am a fighter, it's what I do, and I want to use my platform to fight for as many people as I can, it's a really good way of putting it, because he gets in there, and most fighters, you'll see them getting in there, and you think, yeah, he's fighting for himself, he's a prize fighter, he makes money off it, and away he goes, and that's what he does do, but then also so he raises money for initiatives as well, as well as he's doing that, and he gets other fighters to get involved as well, other fighters um, donate as well, and um, he's fighting for change in the world by doing good, and he says the website is a place for athletes to use their platforms for something bigger, so he's saying bigger even than fighting um, on the largest, or in the largest MMA organisation on the planet Earth, he's even, he's one of the best fighters in there, and he even knows himself that there's bigger things in the world than sport, um, as much as we all love it, there's more important things out there, and he says the Good Fight Foundation is also committed and true to helping those in need. That's what their their statement is. And you can basically go on the website. And what he does is he auctions off bits of his fight gear. So the fight gloves he uses for particular fights, t-shirts he wears to walk to the octagon, um, and other fighters who are involved in other fights, they donate bits of their gear um, to that as well. And they sell t-shirts, the Good Fight uh, t-shirts on the website as well. You can buy them in the shop. Um, and then the money goes, 100% of the money um, goes to good causes. Um, anyone who donates money in there, it's, uh, none of it goes to Dustin, none of it goes to any of the other fighters. It literally goes to um, the local community initiatives. So if you did want to get involved, www.thegoodfightgroup.com is the website, or just Google the Good Fight Foundation in Google, and it'll bring you right there, um, and donate what you can, it's going to great causes, um, and it'll help people who need it more, and that's why, this week, we want to say, Dustin Poirier, well done, old chum. My name is Elvis Eckert, I'm also a podcast host, mine is called Talk Motivation, I live in Lee, which is in Greater Manchester, and I usually listen to Money to Burn when I'm on a run. Money to Burns. Hot topic. So this week's hot topic, we have a topic that I call Deal with No Deal. Okay, it's like deal or no deal, but it's dealing with no deal, which basically means when someone says no to you. Um, and it's aimed mainly for our sales guys and girls um, that listen to the show. I get a good few mails on money to burn podcast at gmail.com every week. And a good few of them come in from people who work in the world of sales. Now, whether you're in sales or you're not in sales, if you can learn some sales tricks and tips, it's always worthwhile. So even if you're not in sales now, keep listening. Because I think every job in the world has an element of sales to it. And um, Whether you're selling yourself or whether you're selling an idea, um, or you might be selling um, something to your boss uh, about trying to get two weeks uh, off on a holiday um, and you try and pitch that to them to let you go. But there's always some element of sales in everything we do. But this week is mainly focused on what happens when someone says no to you about a sale. You've put a lot of effort in to put an incredible bid together. You've worked tirelessly for months, hours of phone calls, hundreds of emails. And then the customer turns around to you and says, no, I'm going to go with an alternative option. Maybe it's new business. 
Maybe the customer has been with you for many years but decided to go elsewhere. What now? You can sit there. You can go crazy about it. You can say, how stupid is that customer? How could they not pick me? And you just slam down the laptop and storm off. That's one option. But there's always alternatives, okay? And that's why here is my top five tips to deal with rejection in business. Number one, stay professional, okay? As easy as it is just to throw your toys out of the pram, stomp your feet, you'll just reinforce the customer's decision not to go with you. They'll be delighted they didn't. But by acting professional and taking the loss in good grace, it's going to show show off you as a professional and it's going to show off your company as a professional. And that's not to say you shouldn't express your disappointment. Show that you're disappointed that you didn't get the uh, business from the customer, but you have to display it in the correct manner. Number two, offer contact. Now, the choice to not purchase from you, it doesn't mean that you need to cut off all contact. Offer them contact in the future. Say, look, this might not be for you now, but perhaps there's something else that we could do for you in the future that you'd like to keep us in mind. Maybe we could keep in touch. Now, this leaves the door open for future business because chances are technology is changing by the day, by the minute. Since I've started this speech here in this section, some new technology has been launched somewhere around the world. And customers' needs with that technology are changing all the time. Just like the whole remote working thing. Um, Everyone's remote working at the moment, so their needs have changed in the last couple of months. Something that you would have tried to sell someone last year that you might be able to sell them now wouldn't have been relevant to them now, and it might be very relevant um, a year later. So it's good to stay in people's mind. Um, And by offering contact, it does just that. And um, it also means that if the company that they have decided to go to on the bid that you just lost mess up, if they drop the ball, it leaves the door open to you. Now, number three, is going to sound like a strange one. But if you do lose a deal, thank them. Now, not in a patronising, oh, thanks for nothing kind of way. Thank them for considering you in the first place. Most companies are going to expect you to go cold. When they say no to you, they expect you just to go quiet and say nothing to them, kind of drop off the face of the earth. But by saying thank you, despite the choice of not going to, going uh, with them, it kind of makes them have second thoughts. I know if someone's nice to me, if I say no to something and they're thankful to me anyway, you almost think, Genie, I wonder was that decision right not to go with them? And it's always good to leave a good impression. The last time that they speak to you for a while, you want it to be that they remember you being professional and that you represent your company well and that you weren't a crybaby who sulked because they didn't get the deal. Now, number four is important so you learn from it. Because if you don't learn from your losses, you nothing will be gained from it. Because it's an old saying, you learn more from a loss than you do a win. And I think that is very true. So it's important to find out why you lost. So moving on without this is just going to lead to more losses in the future. Okay, It's like a domino effect. So finding out where you could have done better as a person or why they didn't choose you could have been price. It could have been something that was completely out of, out of your control. They might have even known someone, a relative of theirs that worked in the company and that's why they went with them and what you did was probably perfect. Um, and just ask why they selected them. Most companies have no problem telling you why you lost a bid um, because they in turn are probably asking other people why they lost a bid. Now, my last little tip for you is to add them on social media. So if you're not connected on LinkedIn already, if you haven't used social selling to get the business or other social media platforms like Instagram or Twitter, send the customer links, uh, not only to your own personal profile, but also to your company's social page also. This is a good way. It's for the customer to keep in touch with you. It's a good way to keep you um, front and center, keep them in in their mind. Um, And it's a great way of building rapport because people buy from people. And when people are connected with you on social media, they see that you're more than just a voice behind the phone um, and just by building rapport with them 
Um, and even when the deal's been taken off the table, it's a great way for you to show how genuine you are, that you still keep in touch, that you show that you still are interested in their business and their business doing well, despite the fact that they haven't chosen you to do business with this time. I guarantee you that in the future, next time you pitch to them, they'll take you a lot more serious. And chances are, instead of them saying no deal, they'll be happy to deal with you. So look, they're my tips. So take them on board and you never know. And they may help you to close more deals in the future. Let me know what you think at money to burn podcast at gmail.com. And we'll have another hot topic next week. You're listening to Money to Burn. You're listening to Money to Burn's Plan B. So on Plan B, what we like to do is we look at companies that never took off. Or they did take off briefly before coming back down to earth with a bump. Now, for various reasons this happened. Some of them were just terrible ideas. Some of them were good ideas with good intentions but didn't take off. And some of them were actually pretty horrible ideas. I think the next app uh, kind of falls into the horrible uh, category. Um, because I do think it was probably set up to fool a few people. Um, and also probably to tap into certain people's ego because if you downloaded this and um, you either didn't know what you were doing or you have the biggest ego known to man because this product was an app and it was known as the i am rich app okay and now online as you know if you're on the app store you'll have seen that there is thousands of apps some of them are great you've got your whatsapps um, and apps like that that are fantastic that we use every day and then there's tons of useless apps and as you can imagine the free apps are the ones that get the most downloads anything that has free beside it that's more likely to be downloaded but you can also charge for apps you can charge two dollars or two euro wherever currency you work off and ten euro whatever you want to do you can charge for it now up to the maximum i'm not sure if you know this but the maximum you can charge for an app is 999 dollars you're not allowed to charge a thousand dollars for an app but you can actually charge 999 dollars and that's what these guys did the i am rich app was 999 dollars on the apple store and now basically the app the i am rich app it didn't really promise anything on its intro it didn't say what it was going to give you but amazingly eight people actually downloaded this app um on its first day now the app was just a glowing red gem um of an icon and when you pressed it it displayed a mantra in large writing it said i am rich i deserve it's spelled wrong d-e-s-e-r-v it spelled it um i am good healthy and successful that is it. That's all the app was, was a glowing red gem that when you pressed it, it displayed that mantra that didn't even have the correct spelling. Now, it was released in August 2005, the 5th to be precise, and it was taken down off the internet on the 6th. So it was only online for 24 hours and still it got a couple of people to download and you probably think, well, that's not really a failure. It isn't of sorts, but you can kind of tell it's not exactly an ethical app if it's downloading people to download a mantra and um, that will also uh, not even have the correct spelling. Um, but look, it made the, uh, the 
Armin Heinrich is the guy who uh, set up the app. It made him $5,600 in the day. And Apple made 2400 quid off the back of it. Um, now the next year, Heinrich released the I Am Rich um, LE app. Um, and it was priced at a more reasonable $9.99. Um, the app though, it has new features. It's no longer just a glowing red gem with a mantra. It includes a calculator now. It has a help system. And it also has the famous mantra. And guess what? They've corrected the spelling mistakes. Yes, even though you may have paid $999 for it a couple of years ago. Now you can now only pay a tenner for it. And you have all the spellings cleaned up as well. Um, but look. If you want to download that app, it is available. Um, it's been made available. It's on Apple. Um, you have also can get it on Google. And if you do happen to have a Windows phone, it's also available there. But look, there's a lot of other... You can actually just download me if you like to save you that kind of money. Um, I'm going to repeat the mantra now. Um, I am rich. I deserve it. I am good, healthy, and successful. And um, if you ever want to hear that again, just rewind Money to Burn uh, this episode and listen it back to yourself. And you'll save yourself an absolute fortune. Hi, my name is Dylan, and I was a finalist in the Young Scientist of the Year Award 2019. I listen to Money to Burn while I am working on my future business projects. Money Mentions on Money to Burn So today on Money Mentions, we are going to be giving um, some mentions to some new podcasts. Um, As you know, on Money Mentions, we give some shout outs to businesses or podcasts or anything else that's out there. It could be YouTube channels and that we see that we think deserves a mention. We give it a shout. So up first... The podcast that I'm going to be telling you about is Callie's Call, and it's a brand new uh, football podcast uh, brought to you by the brilliant Alan Callie. Alan Callie's a real football man, um, played in League of Ireland for years, uh, from Sligo, brilliant footballer, and an even better pundit. Um, I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. Um, he's fantastic, he's uh, really good um, on the TV whenever he's covering um, any of the football on there. He's very knowledgeable um, and very fair, very honest. Let's just say if Alan was at a game and I didn't see it, and he told me how it went, even if I didn't like what I heard, I'd believe him, because uh, he's straight down the middle. Um, and he launched episode one this week. He had Bohemians manager Keith Long on, and he had Dundalk manager Vinnie Perth on on the show uh, well worth a listen I listened to episode one uh, there yesterday and it's brilliant and I'm looking forward to more episodes of that um, the second money mention this week is another podcast um, and it's also something uh, that's relevant to me because I am a League of Ireland fan uh, hence the uh, mention of Collie's Call but this is a podcast by a girl called Amy Kelly um, and it's just launched and the podcast has been mentioned in a lot of social media uh, this week um, my uh, a guy I know called Felix friend of mine uh, reached out to me today and told me about it and I've had a listen um, to the podcast it's really really good and the podcast is called Gutcast um, and what Gutcast is is it's a podcast for people um, with it's, it covers topics like mental health fatigue 
uh, work and social life and more and it's for people who suffer uh, with illnesses like IBD um, and Crohn's I actually have Crohn's myself and um, so it's a podcast that's of interest to me so does anyone out there that suffers from IBD that has Crohn's um, or colitis or anything like that or just wants to hear about mental health about fatigue and work and social life and they want to get um, into some kind of podcast that's really good uh, to learn more about these things you could definitely do worse uh, than tune in to Gutcast and um, so that's my shout outs in Money Mentions this week Gutcast and um, Callie's Call give them a listen and you won't be disappointed You're listening to Money to Burn Money Mentors on Money to Burn So on Money Mentors, what we like to do is we look around uh, social media and we find people who are entrepreneurs, CEOs, VPs, directors, um, various, various types of companies. And we find people who are active on social media and we give you basically the best people to follow. That's what we do here on Money Mentors, this section of the show. And this week we are looking at one of the most famous entrepreneurs on the planet. Um, and for good reason, he has uh, brought his company uh, to unbelievable heights, uh, pardon the pun, you'll hear know why in a minute, um, but he is in charge of the Virgin Group, um, Virgin Atlantic of course, that was where the pun came from, the, the planes, and Virgin Trains and much more besides, in fact Virgin has 60, uh, beyond 60 or more uh, businesses that serve um, people globally and of course I'm sure you've guessed by now. He's also known as Dr. Yes, um, if you needed any more clues. But who we're looking at this week is Sir Richard Branson. Okay, um, And Richard Branson, he is the founder of Virgin. Um, and Virgin, as I was saying there, is a huge company. It There's 53 million customers worldwide with Virgin. Um, they employ uh, 69,000 people in 35 countries. They have 16.6 billion uh, global uh, annual revenue and it's getting bigger every year. Um, even on social media, they're very active. Um, the company's very active on social media itself, besides Richard being active. Um, on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook, they have over 37 million followers. And, in fact, he's tur- he's made Virgin um, one of the most recognisable brands on planet Earth. Um, in the UK, 99% of people recognise the brand. In the USA, 96%. In France, 99%. Australia, 99%. And in South Africa, 96% of people recognise the brand Virgin. So he's done a great job with that. Where I'd recommend following Richard himself, although he is on LinkedIn and um, on a few other uh, platforms, I would say the best place to follow uh, Richard is on Instagram. Um, it's really, really good because he is has been a business for over 50 years um, and he's an adventurer so he you basically get to go out and live uh, Richard's life with him as if you were one of his friends and one day you might find him kayaking he could be out on his bikes uh, or swimming with sharks it's a great way to kind of just see um, what he's up to and now they're not just for show showing off what kind of life I have and he documents uh, basically just his, his adventures his trips and it's great to see what it's like to live as one of the most uh, highly prolific 
entrepreneurs on planet earth it's real insight and um, like most people on this list uh will be kind of coaching based and that you can learn a lot from and um, they give you a lot of tips now richard's page wouldn't be really focused on that and um, it's a different kind of motivation that you get from this page and um, you get to have a look basically what it looks like to be a success and um, you get to see him going to give talks if he's given a speech anywhere because he's a very good uh, talker. He's very good at making uh, presentations and stuff. He does that a lot. Um, he talks in a lot of events. Um, so if you're looking to book him, you can get him on the website. But it's a great to even see. If he's at an event, he'll record a live video of him going up on stage. And you get to see behind the scenes. Um, and he's very, very active on it. He posts every day. Um, and it's not only his content that he puts up there. He puts up great quotes as well, um, some really good motivational quotes, things that get him up out of bed in the morning. Um, a couple of examples here is, it's amazing what doors uh, can open if you reach out to people with a smile. Uh, there's nothing more important than family and that's how it should be. Little words of wisdom like that. Um, and of course the very brief uh, be in the moment uh, but no he's very very good he's someone who I definitely recommend following on social media especially Instagram as I say um, it's not as, not a question of like say coaching like Gary V would be uh, who he covered a couple of weeks ago he's more just someone who you can look at and possibly maybe aspire to be more like um, but that's why this week our money mentor is Sir Richard Branson <laughs> You're listening to Money to Burn, where we talk about the lighter side of business. It's time for the Money Talks interview on Money to Burn. So, as it's episode 10, we have a really, really special guest on the show. And he's actually been on the show before. If you listen to episode 6, you'd remember we had Brian Fitzgerald, who's a Touch Rugby International on. And he was so popular, we thought we had to get him back on here today for episode 10. Are you there, Brian? I'm indeed, Dave. Great to have you, Brian. And we're, we're going to be talking about something similar today than we talked last time, but not just about Touch Rugby. We're going to be talking about fitness in general. What have you got for us today, Brian? Um, I just want to give you a few top tips for getting off the couch during COVID, Dave. Um, I think it's it's very important currently to stay somewhat active, both for fitness and mental health. Without a doubt, we've had actually had a couple of messages in um, asking us this kind of questions about to try and find out um, like what kind of uh, activity should we be doing. So what, what would your first tip be to anyone who's at home, they've been home maybe for the last three, four months working, and they're starting to get a dad body, um, even though they mightn't even have kids, and they want to get back in some kind of element of shape before the real world sees them again. Listen, I think the most important tip I can give is just get outside when you can. Um obviously check the latest guidelines from the government uh, with spacing and so on but it doesn't necessarily have to be running or lifting weights taking a walk a jog a bike ride just to maintain both mental and fitness side of things uh, if you have an animal a dog whatever you have it's a great reason for getting out um, even gardening or yard work are great options but fresh air and sunshine will benefit benefit you for your mental health as well as your fitness i do have a pet uh, too actually but they're uh, not into the fitness themselves they're cats uh, so they're not going to really get me outside but i do know what you mean about getting outside getting moving and do you think is it is it is it like people have kind of something in their head when they think of uh 
activity outside they have to throw in a pair of pair of nike runners and run 10 miles or it is in fitness isn't it just about kind of in general just getting out and just doing something no absolutely and listen i suppose that moves us nicely on to my next tip all right so uh, social activity while it's not what it was prior to covid it can still in small groups be massively beneficial all right so if you include the people you've quarantined with, exercising and, and even small sports groups are back together now again. Exercising is always more fun when you do it with other people, whether it be sociably that you can be having the, the chats as you go for a walk, or as you say, throwing on the Nikes and running with a teammate of yours. And like that's where competition comes into it. You're always wanting to be better and keep pushing each other along. Um, not everyone has to run. Uh, running is a is a fantastic way for helping clear the mind. Um, but as I said, like walking, uh, a nice jog or even a bike ride, it's just a great way of getting your limbs working and also clearing your mind. And if you if you're a terrible runner, if it's something that you just have never been able to do, you've any tips kind of for just getting off the couch and kind of just getting into it? Because you know you see people out there and they always seem to be um, Linford Christie's. They're the perfect form um, tearing around the block and then I oh, I think well not just me but people in general then just think oh I'm going to look ridiculous running for 10 seconds and stopping is there any kind of tips you have for kind of breathing controlling your breathing and maybe like learning to do the right things rather than to make running in the wrong way is there any kind of websites around that you could go on to learn techniques in running around yeah no like massively People think, oh, I have to run 1K, 2K, 3K, 4K. Build up small, short bursts and keep building over time. Um, so that would, as it's known in, in the fitness industry, it's essentially known as interval training. Okay, So you nice. build up your distances over time. What that essentially means is run for 15, 20 seconds, walk for 10 seconds, Keep building it up. Then you'll get to the stage where you can run for a mil- minute solid. And you'll maybe taking 15, 20 seconds of break and not run for another. And then when you get to the point where you're comfortable running for five, six, seven minutes, that's when you start to bring distance into it. Um, and, and obviously you start pushing on with your distances. That's how I, I would start off. But also another fantastic way to help you is all the latest technology so tracking your workouts so like numbers and stuff is it kind of like having the the watches i've got a a smart watch upstairs um it's not so smart anymore it's been a uh, flat battery for a while uh, but once we charge it up it'll be smart once again and um, it's yeah. one of the uh fitbits that's what it is yeah so like tracking your workouts is vitally important all right so you use fitness trackers and apps uh, even just keeping a journal uh Basically, it keeps you motivated and it keeps you accountable for what you're doing. Um, you can see your progress. You can see your ability um, and building to a target. So building to a 5K or even walking a 5K, it can be difficult, you know? Yeah, and you can probably make it competitive as well with people you know. Show them, send them screenshots of your steps. Absolutely. Um, and particularly during these difficult times, it gives you a sense of accomplishment uh, it would also give you an emotional boost. All right, so a lot of us are currently working from home. Some aren't working. 
Um, but the people that are fortunate to still be working from home, you'll probably find they're doing more work hours than they would have normally. So they're over their desk, they're in a box room in their in their house, or they're sitting at their kitchen table. So it's a great way of getting out. With these fitness trackers, they generally prompt you <laughs> to tell you. Yeah, it, it buzzes, doesn't it? And it says you haven't moved in the last hour. I think you have to do so many per hour, 250 steps an hour. And it buzzes, doesn't it? It tells you, get up. And say, Brian, yeah. if we live in Ireland here, the weather just be brutal. What kind of like what can you do if there's a day where it's team and rain? I was nearly about to curse there. Team and rain, we'll say, and or it's snowing or it's doing something. It's some blowing a gale outside anyway. Um, what would you do? Like, is there any stuff you can do around the house? So you don't have a gym. I'm very lucky to have a home gym. Um, I'm going to start using it again. Uh, but what if you don't? What if you don't have anything in the house? What can you do? Yeah, I like to call this sneak movements. All right. So okay. You put sneak movements into your routine. Um, so as, as you've said, and, and rightly so, um, most of us are housebound currently. Um, so it's a great way of finding a, a solution to incorporating movement in your day, um, whether it be physical activity or even just a lifestyle change. Um, so like using your daily chores around your house, scrubbing, sweeping, dusting, vacuuming, uh, can all add up and, and be done at a brisk pace. Nice, I like it. Like I, 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 I kind of do that without even thinking that I was doing what I do is I carry two bags of litter up the stairs when I go up and I carry two bags of litter back down the stairs when I come down. The cats think I'm crazy, uh, but it's actually to get something just to get the a little bit, make it a bit harder going upstairs and back down again, a kind of a little bit of an exercise on the way. Yeah, or like even currently, you know, taking advantage of times when you're waiting for something to finish to start. We're all on these Zoom meetings and Google Hangout meetings and, yeah. um, you know, you can do simple, simple things as push-ups, squats, jumping jacks. These are all add up during the day. Uh, keeps your body moving. It gives your body fresh and uh, good activity rather than drinking an extra cup of coffee or a few snacks. I like it. Sneaky movement in a set of sneaky biscuits. <laughs> is it sneaky movement instead of a few sneaky biscuits? Absolutely. <laughs> I think the most important point here is to move around your house. Yeah. All right, so walk around your house while you're making calls, you know. Go for a walk around, walk up and down the stairs. Like, you don't have to have a home gym like yourself. And there's still ways of taking advantage of fitness. Perfect. And is what about technology? Is there, what about, is there anything kind of you'd say that's been out now? Because obviously technology has been a great thing, but a great help um, in these tough times. Is there ways in which people can use technology besides, say, smartwatches and um, like social media and stuff like that uh, for fitness tips and tricks and stuff? Yeah, of course. Um, many personal trainers and gyms are offering virtual sessions and classes, uh, which can help you keep accountable and, and give you somewhat of social connection. Um, but for like the likes of free workouts, YouTube is a great resource. Right. Um, if you think of Joe Wicks, kind of came back into the public eye during this, uh, the start of this lockdown. Yeah, I actually had never heard of him before this. I know now I know who he is. You've never heard of him? Okay. Never heard of him. No, He's but quite popular in our house. Is he? Fitness and food wise. Yeah. 
disappeared for a few years off the public scene, but he, he, he roared back onto it. Um, but you can pretty much find virtually any type of exercise, any type of workout length or intensity you're looking for on YouTube. Um, and not just YouTube, there is many apps, both paid and free, that offer guided workouts and routines. Brilliant. And I've noticed as well, even on LinkedIn, a lot of the personal trainers, Joey O'Choxy, give a shout out there. He's brilliant at it. Um, he makes videos every day and he gives you tips on just eating habits and just on, he does training on camera and you can kind of try and copy what he does. But uh, definitely, I think social media has been a big, big thing now in lockdown uh, for help. And is there anyone you use particularly yourself? Uh, so I have an Apple Watch. Um, I don't use anyone in particular. I have an Apple Watch and I, it's, I've got the Nike running app on it. Cool. Um, and that has uh, trainers on it. So they speak to you while you're, you're running. So you set in your distance or whatever and they encourage you along the way. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, and they have, obviously, every couple of months they'll have a famous face like, or a famous voice like Kevin Hart or uh, Mo Farah saying you're doing great. Fantastic. So, That's yeah. amazing. So it is good. It's a bit of fun. That's unbelievable. I think I think I'd like that myself. That'd be, I'm not sure what, who, whose voice would motivate you, Brian. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can tell you, Kevin Hart doesn't. Doesn't. Yeah. He makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it's hard to run when you're laughing. That you're doing great. But, uh, yeah. Do you know who I'd have in mind? It just came to me. I'd love to have um, Touch Rugby International legend Brian uh, Fitzgerald in my ear uh, tell me to go because I know a few people have gone running with you and they said you're top class. So I think I'd settle to have your voice ahead of uh, Kevin Hart's. <laughs> I hope it does because... We, I, just, I, just, I just might hold it to that. Without a doubt, I was going to say, because so many people love having you on the show, because you're, you're, as I say, you're a wealth of knowledge in both business and fitness, we were talking about this off the air, you're going to be a, a regular contributor to Money to Burn from now on, we're going to have you on giving top tips on every episode, so it's going to be great to have you on board, Brian. Thank you, it would be an absolute pleasure, Vic. Fantastic, Brian, and we'll talk to you again soon, and by the way, congratulations on, the last time we talked to you, you were expecting a kid, and now you have another one. Baby Jack came into the world on the 30th of May, so all is happy and healthy, so we're delighted. And the irony of that... About being jacked, do you know what I mean? That's the old phrase of when people get into great shape, and that's what we've just been talking about. I love it, Brian. Thanks a million for having me, for coming on, and uh, it's much appreciated. Thanks a million. Thanks, Brian. Hi, I'm Carol, and I listen to Money to Burn while having a cup of coffee in Alicante. Hi, my name is Sue, and I listen to Money to Burn while I'm out walking in Tucson, Arizona, in the USA. Hi, I'm Michael. I listen to Money to Burn driving along in Eindhoven in the part of Holland. Money to Burn's Business Breakdown. So as promised, we have a brand new section of the show, especially for our 10th episode of Money to Burn, the big bumper episode. We have what you just heard the sting for, Business Breakdown. And what we're going to do on Business Breakdown is, we're going to look at something in the world of business now. and Looking at something that's happening in the world of business, some news that's out there. And I'm just going to have a quick look over it um, and kind of give you my opinion on it. Um, So what I'm going to be looking at today is something news that just broke over the last week that Apple have said they are not going to be putting any earbuds or chargers in the box of their new iPhone and um, now a lot of people were annoyed at that and um, they're kind of looking at the fact that 
maybe Apple are just going to charge the same amount of money for their iPhones, but they're going to give the customer less. So like, there's various reasons why Apple may be doing this. Um, it could be due to, obviously, with the COVID-19 um, thing, uh, everyone's looking to cut costs. So it could be to try and increase margins where they can. And um, that's no good to customers, of course. Um, it could be to do with shipping costs, that it's costing too much. Um, it's bad for the environment as well. Um, by shipping, the, the heavier the weight um, of the phone um, and the more that's in the box, the worse it is for the environment. And then there's other rumours that it could possibly be that there are there is a transition happening and that there's going to be no port in the iPhone. So it's going to be wireless charging all the way from now on. Um, but a lot of people online that I've seen talking about it are kind of annoyed and um, saying that the shipping costs and increased margins shouldn't be pushed on the customers who are paying enough for an iPhone already. Um, and that they, they, they are viewing it as possibly that it is uh, Apple just charging more while giving less to the customer and um, one thing I see as a problem with it is if you're a first time Apple user you may get put off um, by getting an Apple iPhone now you might think no I'm not going to bother because it doesn't even come with a charger because that is an additional cost out of the box cost and um, if you are an Apple user like myself I do I have one of both I'm a Samsung and an Apple user very lucky and um, but I do have an Apple uh, iPhone um, that I'm recording this podcast on now and um, but yeah it's has about four or five charges I have upstairs from old iPhones. Um, I have one downstairs. I got one upstairs. I have one at work. Um, so I keep Apple iPhones everywhere. I have one in the car as well. So I won't be too put out by it. But if you were a new user of uh, Apple, you might be a little peeved about having to go out and buy an Apple charger. Because if you are an Apple user, you will know they are expensive to buy an Apple charger. They are. They don't come cheap. And um, you know you can get um kind of knock off versions of them but i wouldn't recommend that either because they can damage your phone and um, but if you're actually buying an authentic apple charger they are expensive and um, one way they could work around this is if it isn't if they're saying look it's nothing to do with costs and um, it's to do with the environment they still don't have to put that cost onto the customer if they offer a apple store gift card so instead of having to ship um, the uh, charger in the box, they could give you an Apple Store gift card worth the value of what a charger would be. So say if a charger, I'm not too sure what they are these days, but 50, 60 quid, um, they could give you a, a card in the box with the iPhone, which would weigh a lot less than a charger. Um, and that would be good for the environment, it'd be good for the customer, um, and it would be good for all round pretty much and um, the other talk is as i said earlier that they could be just moving to wireless charging and as cool as that is and um, i do have a wireless charger for my samsung and i do find that wireless charging i think a lot of people do too is a lot slower now my iphone does charge my it's a, a new iphone it's an xs max so it does charge on the samsung charger but i do find it takes way way longer to charge an iphone on a wireless charger and um, then it does um uh, in a regular charger into the port so if they are going to go for portless charging and um, i think they need to develop something a lot faster uh, than that but look the new iphone usually gets released in the first week of september so until then it's all speculation you never know the good old charger might be in the box it might not be in the box it could be wireless charging but until then we're going to have to just sit around and wait and speculate whatever your opinion is um let drop me a mail on money to burn uh podcast at gmail.com m-o-n-e-y to the number two byrne podcast at gmail.com and let me know what you think and i have to say it's kind of unusual for the first time ever when apple release a new phone there may be no charge
To contact Money to Burn, please reach out on moneytoburnpodcast at gmail.com. Breaking Fad on Money to Burn. So, on this episode's Breaking Fad, we are looking at something this week um, that I never owned one of, but my sister actually did. Um, I remember the one being in the old family home back in the day. Um, And on Breaking Fad, we look at things that would have been around a few years ago and see if they worth any money now. Like, we've looked at Hot Wheels, um, which ended up being one of the most valuable toys. They were worth a fortune, old ones of them. Uh, Pogs. Old McDonald's toys, uh, E-I-E-I-O, we had a look at those as well. Um, And this week what we're looking at is Cabbage Patch Dolls. Now, you might remember the Cabbage Patch Dolls. They kind of had a little funny face on them, uh, dimples on their cheeks. Uh, Some of them did. They're actually worth more money if you have the dimples. Um, But look, if you have a Cabbage Patch Doll lying around, chances are it could be worth a few quid. Um, Like... For example, just last year alone, in April of last year, um, a 1985 Cabbage Patch doll called Teresa Ann, and that was her actual name, that wasn't the name the owner gave her, that was her actual name, um, was $2,000. She had little green eyes, uh, and she did uh, have the dimple effect on her cheeks, um, and the creator, Xavier Roberts, on her bottom, uh, which actually helped her get a great price. Um, I don't know why they increased the value of them, but they actually do. Um, back in the 80s, if you did buy one, you probably would have remembered they were roughly about 30, 30 euro, 30 pounds, 30 dollars, wherever you're from. Um, listen to this. But 30 dollars uh, would have been a lot of money in the 80s. I remember in the 80s to save up 30, uh, 30 dollars would have been a lot, a lot of cash uh, back then. But that's what they cost. And they were now they've actually really, they've held their price and then some. Um in 1986, a Cabbage Patch doll called Anna Greta, uh, which had double popcorn red hair um, and adoption papers. That's crucial. And a pacifier. Uh, the, the one actually I remember my family home had a pacifier too. That actually sold for $810 um, last year as well. It was a big year for Cabbage Patch doll sales, um, it seems. Now, if you do have a Cabbage Patch doll at home... Uh, what you want to be looking for um, is to get a really good price for them is you want it to have its adoption papers. I'm told that looking it up online and reading a few reviews on eBay and the likes of those sites, it seems that adoption papers are a big, big deal. Uh, once you have those with it, um, it seems to be that you get more money for them. Um, so look, that's John. You want to look around the house tonight. You want to find the adoption papers for your Cabbage Patch doll um, and you want to check um, what year it was from. Um, that's important as well because there was a change um, in the ownership of uh, the Cabbage Patch dolls. Um, and what, basically what it is is the Cabbage Patch creator, Xavier Roberts, he copyrighted the design in 1976 and sold the rights to Giant Coleco, I think it's Giant Coleco, I think it's pronounced, in 1982. Um, and the dolls that were made prior to Coleco taking over are worth way more. So if you have one that's pre-1982 
they're the ones that are going to be worth the big bucks and you could get up to two thousand dollars um for your old cabbage patch doll so that's something for you to do tonight go up to the attic uh, take caution and uh, make sure someone maybe if you have a styre you're laughing if not get someone to hold the chair uh, but go up there have a look around root out a cabbage patch doll and then put it up online the only way you're going to find out how much it's worth is to put it up there but uh if you does have dimples if it is previous uh, or, or prior to 1982, and it also has its birth certificate and adoption uh, papers, uh, you may be sitting on two grand. Not too bad, eh? Hi, I'm Debbie, and I listen to Money to Burn on the Lewis Into Work. Hi, I'm Brian, and I listen to Money to Burn while in the gym in Kildare. Out working or working out. Money to Burn is always a good shout. No more funny business on Money to Burn. So no more funny business uh, today. We are looking at something which proves that some people will do anything for money while others will do anything for a day off. Um, The story starts with a guy, okay? Um, And he was, this is really, really wrong. He was faking funeral programs on fictional deaths in his family to get a couple of days off uh, from his job in a call centre. And they found out and they fired him, uh, as most companies would do. But instead of just going and looking for a new job, he actually saw some benefit of maybe continuing doing this, but for other people. So he set up the Excused Absence Network, and for about 25 quid or so, students or employees could get sick notes that appear to come from doctors and hospitals, very professional looking, um, and basically get a day off work. Um, Other options on the website include a fake jury summons um, and also authentic looking funeral service programs, a bit like what he'd done earlier. Um, A very, very ropey kind of uh, episode this week, but um, millions of Americans work in dead-end jobs and sometimes they need a day off. That's what John Liddell said. Uh, He was the co-founder of the internet-based company Vision Matters and that, that they sell notes Um, as part of the excused absence network he said people are going to lie anyway how many people go to visit their doctors every day and they're not sick because they just need a note that was his excuse anyway and now what how how it works is the customers would receive templates and they could just print them off and then put in the addresses of local doctors or their local emergency room uh, hospitals and stuff like that and the company's disclaimer on their website uh, said for entertainment purposes only. So it was kind of as if he was going to pay $25 just for a bit of a joke, a light-hearted uh, bit of banter, uh, printing off a sick note. Um, but on the website, um, there was also people uh, people sunbathing um, and other people playing golf. And one of the testimonials at the very top says, I've managed to make or take uh, nine weeks off using these templates. It couldn't be any easier. Um, but... It wasn't so easy for everyone because a New Jersey woman in the States, she actually got arrested for using one of the notes. Um, She used one of the notes to uh, get out of appearing uh, in court for a traffic speeding ticket. And the officials called the chiropractor just to check, was it legit? And they had never heard of her. So uh, she went down for that. Uh, She got in a lot of trouble. Um, So look, the founder of the business 
uh, set it up for $300. And while it was still running, the site was getting 15,000 hits a month. Um, which makes it sound like it was pretty successful. That a lot of people wanted to get fake notes to get out of work. But I did actually check um, around. There was a couple of screenshots of the site. Um, if you look up Google Images, you can find a few uh, images of the site and what it used to look like. Because it's now no longer there. If you look up the excused absence network, it says that there's no longer information available. And I'm not too sure if it was closed down or not. Or it could possibly just be that the owner got a job he actually likes. So, this is a little section I'm just putting in at the end of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed episode 10 so far. Um, but look, it's just something that happened today. Um, I won an award this morning. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, now that's not actually what I'm doing. I'm not just putting this section in just to boast about it. Um, but I won an award in work. Um, it was a Global Spirit Award. Uh, very happy to receive it. And I got a really cool, um, it's the coolest part of an award I've ever seen. And they got uh, one of my favourite comedians, um, James Buckley. He plays Jay in The Inbetweeners to record me um, a little special message uh, to congratulate me. So I thought my Money to Burn audience would appreciate uh, hearing that message. So here it is. David Byrne, how's it going? Your team in Dublin have asked me to do a little video because they tell me you've won an award for your team spirit. You're always willing to help others no matter what. Uh, you're the social media guru amongst, the, uh, amongst your team. And uh, some believe the LinkedIn built their algorithm around your behaviours. And apparently you're a father of two cats. Does that work? Anyway, you're a role model to us all. Well done, David. Year's targets. Yeah, completed at me. And that, my friends, is episode 10 in the books. And what an amazing bumper episode that was. I hope you all really enjoyed it. And we want to thank all the people who reached out during the week, our listeners from around the globe, from Spain, from Germany, from Holland, and right here in Dublin too, um, that sent us voice clips of themselves in of what they be doing and where they're listening to us from uh, every week. And we're actually going to try and make the show uh, on a weekly basis. Now, we've been making them every now and then, um, but there is a high demand for the episodes from around the globe. People seem to be enjoying Money to Burn. As I say, it started out as a little uh, project during COVID and so many people seem to enjoy the show that we're going to continue making more and making them more frequently. If you want to talk to the show, you can reach out to us on moneytoburnpodcast at gmail.com or join us on Twitter at money2 underscore burn. We'd also like to thank Brian Fitzgerald for appearing on the show again this week with his health tips and he's going to be back again soon um, as a more of a regular section on the show and you'll be happy to hear. So look, take it easy and as always, stay safe, stay happy, but most of all, stay lucky.